You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Abby. And you're listening to Real Moms of Bravo, a weekly Bravo podcast while quarantined (laughs) that you can listen to every week where we recap your favorite Bravo shows 30-ish minutes or less because what else do you have to do but watch Bravo? Like we are, we are embarking on three week three of our quarantine coronavirus journey. And uh, yeah, it schedule's been so, really busy. <laughs> feels so much longer than three weeks. I just, I don't know. I, this sounds so bad. And I was saying this to somebody, but I understand people who are held in captivity, whether you're guilty of something or not, how it mentally messes with you. Like, I just want to get the hell out of my house. I want to hug someone other than like my children. You know, I just, I feel like we're all needing socialization. We're needing human touch, particularly if you're extroverted like we are. I mean, this has been such a challenge. Oh, it's a nightmare. If you're an extrovert like Abby and I, this is like legit a nightmare. Granted, we are lucky, I will say, that we have our families and our husbands and our kids. Blah, 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 blah. Hashtag bless for all that crap. But <laughs> take that it away. Still I mean, but it I still sucks. But it still sucks. Yeah. I want, I want to, well, one, I really want to drink. I don't know if, if you all didn't see this on our Instagram. I'm pregnant. Yay. Woo. I'm due in September. So I'm dying to drink. I would love a good happy hour and a sangria right now. That just sounds Ooh. delightful. It was warm today. Sangria would have been really good. I should have done that. I actually didn't drink today. I'm trying not to drink every single night and I drank Sunday night. So tonight's my night off. But uh, do you think you're going to start a TikTok in quarantine? Fuck no. I don't know why some of these people are doing this. I'm, and I'm speaking directly to you, Megan King Edmonds and Melissa Gorka. <laughs> Particularly Megan King Edmonds, because hers are just so random. She likes to do a lot of like the voiceover ones where she's like, I hate, I'm not a fan of those, I have to admit. It's like she did one that was really weird. I don't even understand. Like, I don't know if it's from a movie. I I, I really don't know. But um, she needs to stop. It's it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for her. Melissa Gorga, maybe you have some dance moves. You get one moment, one moment had a few hits, which I use that term loosely. But stop with the TikTok dances. In my mind, if you're going to join TikTok and you were born um, prior to, I'm going to be generous and say 1992, uh, you can join TikTok and view it and watch it, but you should not be making TikToks. I think it is truly meant for teenagers, people in their early 20s, those people who think Facebook is lame, This is that's what TikTok is for. If you had Facebook in college and you were excited about it, don't make a TikTok video. <laughs> on one hand, I like wholeheartedly agree with everything you're saying. But on the other hand, I'm like, you do you people. Keep doing it, I guess, for our kind of side <sighs> entertainment. I mean, that I guess. And going Instagram Live. That and Instagram Live. I, Instagram Live specifically with the Bravo Libs. That's been out of control. Craig and Austin, you guys need to find something else to do than going live every single like couple it's- times a day. It's funny because in the beginning, you and I are like, oh my gosh, should we one night go live with someone? And we were talking about different accounts we'd want to go live with. And I think because all of these Bravo people have gone live, I'm like, eh, no. Like, it's just been overdone. It's not it's not that exciting anymore. It used to be fun when a Bravo Lab went live and you could interact with them. But now that they do it every night and it's like all of them are doing it with each other, it's losing its appeal. It's losing its appeal. And they don't really interact with the comments, like the people watching. They and only so they like almost talk to, to each other. Yeah, that like, too. Uh, oh, somebody asked a question. Oh, it went away. Um, hold on. I'm like, okay, you guys, if you don't know how to do Instagram Live, don't do Instagram Live. 
those are those are our thoughts right now on <laughs> those are these are our hot takes don't worry guys we're not going to change this to a hot take quarantine podcast we're still going to recap your shows so we can we might as well get started Let's now that we've gotten it off our chest yeah. I feel better. I feel well, better. Thank you. I feel a lot better now too. We might as well get started with which one? Is it Family Karma or Atlanta? Do we start with Karma? Um, I am loving the show, and I want to say, jumping ahead a little bit, I want to hang out with the aunties. I know Nisha was hanging out with them and said, "I don't want to become an auntie. I want to be an auntie." And anyone from Indian culture, please slide into our DMs and let me know: Is it possible for a very white Catholic, Catholic. <laughs> to become an auntie. I'm guessing it's a no, but I would really like the opportunity. These are like all your dreams and fantasies, like quinceanera, <laughs> being an auntie, everything I, that's not your I culture. just grew up so white. I'm like half Polish, half Irish, you guys. There's nothing exotic or exciting about me. I have like mousy brown hair that gets somewhat blonde in the summer and blue eyes. Like I am so generic that whenever I see people that have fun, exciting cultures. I am just so jealous. I was like that when I was younger. I don't know. I just, I used to want to have like dark hair. I used to try really hard to have dark hair and be tan because I thought then it would make me more like exciting. I probably should just learn to accept who I am, but I just, my cultures aren't that exciting. We, as Irish people, we drink a lot. Uh, as Polish people, we eat a lot of potatoes. And as a Catholic person, I am riddled with daily guilt. Like, that's my life. I was going to say, you're constantly feeling guilty. I feel like I get a text from Abby at least but it also every other help. day. Yeah. If anyone else <laughs> grew up very Catholic, like my mom will send me a text and say, like, I hope you guys attended online mass today. It was Palm Sunday. My homily was so inspiring. And then me and my sisters are like, great. Like, not only do we not attend mass in person when it's an option, but now we're not even like logging onto our computers and our mom is well aware and texting us gentle reminders to make us feel bad. That is hilarious. Yeah, that's again, we're getting way off on tangents. We're people, getting but... way off topic today. So feel free to like the little 30 second fast yeah. forward till we get to the good stuff. But um, what is your take on Brian and Monica? So that was kind of like a little focal point in the episode, but do you are do you think this is going to be like a storyline that's going to be drawn out all season long, or do you think there's a possibility that Monica will finally give in to Brian's? I think at the end of the season, we're going to be left with like a cliffhanger of her maybe thinking she has feelings for him. I think she is just so pissed off that the whole group knows everything that's going on. It's pretty obvious that they like one another, and or that they did, and that there's maybe more than a friendship there. But the fact that he has told everyone like Brian is talking to all the guys and they're talking to Anisha and Bali. And then when Monica's there, they're all talking about it in front of her. I, I understand why she is feeling upset and like, she doesn't want to even be in a social environment anymore because she, she has to deal with the peanut gallery every time. And it looks like they're going on when they go on their trip, that people are making bets on her ending up in his room and, I don't know if I were her, I'd be a little bit annoyed, but I also am like, you're on a reality TV show. So, you know, this is going to happen. Well, and I mean, she doesn't drink, so she doesn't have like the, the drunken, like there's not going to be like a drunken hookup a la Lindsay and Carl or other friends that we've seen hook up. On Every Bravo. Bravo relationship. So she's, a, mean, she's yeah. a little more like, um, in tuned with her feelings and more, a lot more self-aware about what's going on because she doesn't have alcohol. I'm not saying she needs it, but. It's just different. Yes, I agree. Uh, I think that's going to make it interesting for her on this trip because I have a feeling everyone else is going to get drunk and she's going to be sitting there dealing with all their drunk antics, which you're experiencing now. Uh, I mean, if you've ever been pregnant and had to attend any type of function, a wedding, a bachelorette party, just a social gathering where everyone's getting drunk, it's so annoying being the sober person. So I can't even imagine how Monica's going to feel on this trip. It's fun. It's to me, it's only fun when there's like constant entertainment. So Abby and I went and I won't go into a full on tangent, but we went out at the end of February together. We're in Columbia and it was like there's constantly like college kids acting dumb. I'm looking at what people's wearing. Like it's fun when there's constant entertainment going on around you. But if you're just sitting at a bar, the same bar for six hours straight, that's not really that fun. Yeah, it's going to be boring. Or even just on a beach, laying out, and everyone's getting drunk. I mean, it's nice to be on the beach, but after a while, when people are being stupid and you're just laying there trying to relax, it gets kind of annoying. So Vishal and Anisha regroup at the Friendsgiving, which was super awkward to watch through on TV. I could feel the awkwardness 
And I can only imagine how awkward it was in person. What, what are your thoughts about all that? I feel like Vishal doesn't understand why Anisha was upset. And I think Anisha just wanted to say it, get it off her chest and then like, just kind of like push it under the rug. So that's what made it so awkward. I almost felt like if I were Anisha, if I'm going to bring it up and I'm going to have a conversation about this, I'm going to want to have a conversation about it. I don't want to just talk about it and then let it go. I just, it was very awkward and I didn't understand the point of the conversation. I'm not a fan of, um, I'm going to mispronounce his name. So Amrit, Amrit, Amrit. Yeah. I'm not a fan. He is a potster and a shit disturber. (laughs) I'm not a fan of him for that reason. I I feel like he, I, I'm not a fan of him in the sense of like, I feel like he's going to use it for bad. He's not necessarily doing it for good. Oh, that's my dog. If you hear that. Hey, Jackson. Uh, (laughs) Yep. He's here. Anyhow. Um, I'm not a fan of that for that reason, but I was just awkward. I'm with you. I think Vishal, regardless if he truly said it or not, which we look back and he didn't say everything that Bali said verbatim. I think he should just say, Hey, I'm sorry that you thought that even that you even thought I felt that way. Yeah. And I think action. Yeah. I would just say like, I'm sorry if for one moment you felt like I didn't appreciate and value our friendship because I do. And just leave it at that. You don't have to admit you're wrong, but you could just apologize for somehow being part of something that hurts someone's feelings. Yeah. And actions speak louder than words too. So I think the the fact that he hasn't reached out to her and has been kind of distant, that also plays into it. But anyways, I think next week's episode is going to be really fun. I love trips. I'm hoping that we see a lot of drama. It seems like we will. I can't wait. I feel like this is the trip from hell though for Manisha. She is afraid of germs. She's afraid of hotels. She's afraid of it sounds like just traveling in general. So this, I mean, this pandemic is probably (laughs) scary for her too. I mean, being a germaphobe, she is, I'm sure she's gloving it up and masking it up every day, but I, so I'm kind of excited to see that dynamic of it play out because there is a mystery hair on her comforter that we saw in the preview, which, I mean, if you've ever been to a hotel, there was always a mystery hair. So, um, (laughs) it's, you know, they say the first thing you should do is take the comforter off the bed. I believe it. that when I say it, like sh- shady places, I agree with that. Yeah. Assessment. So just, just putting that tip out there for when we get to return back to normal life and be in a hotel <laughs> again. Uh, but moving on to Atlanta. Oh God. I mean, we say this every time. What an episode. I, I'm going to be sad when the season is over. I've loved the season of Atlanta every minute of it. And once again, I laughed, I cried and I had drama. Like they are just the perfect recipe. I think of any other franchise in terms of where you and I are in our lives, the stage of life that we're in and with being moms, I think that's another reason why I love this cast and this franchise of women, because they're going through a lot of similar things, relatable things that you and I are going through. And it's refreshing that they present it in a very real manner. It's not like you're seeing them. And yeah, we know they have nannies, but you know what I mean? Like how some other seasons, I feel like the women don't let themselves be that raw and vulnerable. Yes, some I 100% cities. agree. Uh, I feel like some of them, they they just have a, a persona that they want to continue and that they want to make sure they're quote on brand. And I think Atlanta women really just are real and they don't really care if a comment seems like it's out of left field or if maybe they're not among women they're close with, they're still going to share a story that is heartbreaking. I just, that's the one thing about this city that just makes it so special. And it's kind of similar to New Jersey, but without quite the in your face, always aggressive, always yelling. It just, I feel like New Jersey is really real, but I feel like Atlanta just does it in such a, I don't want to say more authentic, but just a more genuine way. Yeah. And one of those moments being Candy. So Candy's FaceTiming Ace and her husband, Todd, and Ace immediately gets like his eyes water up and he's like, I just want my mommy. And how could you not be <laughs> feel that? I, in it? Oh, no, I just say as a as a mom who travels a lot for her job or used to travel a lot, uh, that was so relatable for me because it's like this you're constantly pulled two different ways. It's like you want. Well, maybe not necessarily, but for me and for Candy and for someone, you want to really have a great career. And that is something that drives you. And you wake up thinking, how can I be better at my job? But I also want to be a really good mom and I want to build memories. And I want my kids to feel like I was there for them while also setting this example of what hard work and determination can do. And it just, unfortunately, that means 
you're going to miss stuff and you're going to break your kids' hearts. And it is the hardest thing to watch it happen. So I, I just really related to that with Candy and felt felt for her in that moment. Same. Same. Jackson sounds like a tambourine. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, he does. I'm just like right here. I'm on the side and be like, hey, Kyle, it's time to get Jackson. Um, this so, is not anyhow. helping helping Jackson at all. For those uh, that don't know, Vanessa loved her dog. She still loves him. But since having a child, it changes your dynamic with your dog and you get more and more annoyed. And so me personally, I'm just laughing on the inside right now thinking like, Jackson, you just negative 100 points. For well, you. we you- put him on doggy Prozac. So he's oh, actually <laughs> been a lot chill and like calm. That's why he's even in here because he sleeps a lot. And it's just a lot calmer, doesn't like the air anymore. Again, we're going, we're like all over the place tonight, but who cares? <laughs> Quarantine life. Um, I, can't, so- <laughs> I can't wait for someone to DM us and be like, what is wrong with you sickos drugging a dog? It will happen, people. You should see some of the DMs we get. Um, but so I definitely related to Candy and the mom guilt. And then kind of continuing on with the mom theme, we have Can- uh, Eva talking about delivering Maverick. And you made a note of this. And when I heard that, I thought, wait a minute, this is your third kid. Usually your labors get quicker and quicker. And for her, a 22 hour labor was her shortest. I was like, oh, I'm like, why do you continue to do this to yourself? But I guess it sounds like once they're out, she's really good. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I mean, my first labor was 21 hours and I I thought I was going to die. It felt so long. I realized like, I, so the nurses told me I have a high pain tolerance, but I also think I have a very low patience. I thought I was pushing for like three hours the first time around. I'm like you push for 45 minutes. And then the second time around, I was like, okay, I thought last time I pushed for three hours. So I bet this time I only pushed for like an hour. And they're like, you push for 15 minutes. So I don't know how you could be in labor for 22 hours. I mean, I, mean, sounds- I was in, I had a long labor. I can't even remember. I just remember pushing for four hours. It's like the main I feel like, I mean, I you were over a day. I know that much. It, that's like the main detail. Oh, they started. No, I remember now. They started my Pitocin at 1037 in the morning. I remember that because that's the time I was born, which is a really weird thing to remember. But they started it and then I delivered Mia the next day at like 115. Yeah, I remember kind of being nervous because we didn't hear from you for a while. So, But this next yeah. pregnancy will not be like that because I will be having a scheduled C-section. Again, guys, we're sharing so much more than you guys need <laughs> <Hey>. to know. <laughs> Abby and I clearly miss talking to one another and having – just in on our conversation. But so – I know. Yeah. I wish the listeners could, like, talk back to us right now. Like, if you're yeah. listening to this, jump on Instagram and just start sending us DMs and let's have a conversation because we miss people – uh, but anyway, taking a sharp left. So Eva has her baby. And then uh, we go to Portia being an ambassador for March of Dimes, which is an amazing organization, an amazing charity. And what they wanted Portia to really do is share her story of her journey to motherhood and her challenges with just labor, pregnancy and delivery and encourage other women to do the same. And I don't think any of us expected Marlo to share the story she did. And I was like sobbing. I feel like I'm going to tear up just like talking about it. So I'm going to pass it over to you. No, it was, I mean, we've talked about Marlo getting the freaking damn peach already, but it was so raw and it was all about what the event was. I mean, you had Portia opening up about a miscarriage that she had. You have Tanya opening about her struggles and fertility and IVF. And then Marlo who like shares and like, very, very raw emotions of the eight, two atopic pregnancies that she had and figuring like why I got, I just want someone to love me forever. When she said that, my eyes immediately start watering and it's just like, oh. And, but then she turns it all back around and she's like, you know, I'm, I'm brought here on this earth to be an auntie. And now she's kind of taking on a, I don't a mother auntie role with her yeah. three nephew, three nephews, I believe. But it just, again, like these are conversations and things I feel like we don't see enough from other franchises. And Abby and I talk about this all the time. And we've talked about this with other mom Instagram accounts that we're friends with, but it's just the more we talk about these things, the more we normalize it and the less alone people feel when they're going through those types of struggles. Exactly. And I think even for those who maybe haven't struggled with infertility, it's good to hear these stories. I think we all have a friend, probably more than one friend 
who's had struggles and it's hard to know how to support them and what to do. And I think just the more we hear these things and the more other people hear it, the more we can talk about it, the more we as friends can support people going through this and know what to say to them. I think sometimes it's hard. Like, how do you, how do you tell a friend that you're pregnant um, when you know she's struggled to get there? And it's, it can be a weird dynamic and it's something that I've dealt with. And so I think the more we hear people talk about it, the more as a friend, we can support those people and be there for them. So I just, I, I loved the moment particularly too, because a lot of these women don't like one another. I mean, for Tanya to openly talk about it while making eye contact essentially with Kenya, who has tried to destroy her relationship and tell everyone that Tanya's fiance has cheated on her, you know, and we all know now she was projecting, but I just think that's what makes these women so amazing. They're sharing these stories and not amongst their best friends who have supported them forever. I mean, um, among women who have tried to destroy them. A thousand percent. So that's why we love the women of Atlanta. And then we found out some weird, shocking details about Kenya's divorce. It's so bizarre. Are we at any point going to find out that he has a second family or had a second? I mean, that was the story that was running. And now I'm like, did I misunderstood that? And I went back and looked. And that is like, those were the rumors. He cheated on multiple people. But what I think is so odd, and why was there no red flags raised by her when she said she wasn't allowed to talk to Mark's parents? So like, was she ever allowed to weird. meet them? I doubt it. When they got married, so where his parents not there. It just makes me wonder what excuse he gave her. I mean, she seemed, I mean, watching that relationship, it didn't, it wasn't the healthiest relationship for multiple reasons, but he seemed to be a little verbally abusive and she was super submissive to him in all their interactions. So maybe she just didn't question him and it was digmatized, as I like to say, and just drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't know. It was very weird to watch. It was, it was, it was very weird to watch. Uh, and just the whole time, just, I want to shake her. I'm like, how did you not realize this before? Come on, Kenya. You're a smart woman. It's so weird. But but that's what makes Atlanta, Atlanta. Atlanta. And I hear, and I can't find where I heard this. So someone please check me if I'm wrong, but I believe Atlanta is going to have a digital reunion. I think it's going to be done so digitally. Yeah. But I don't I, know if Andy, like, I'm guessing Andy school is going to be the host, but again, we're going to pitch this idea again. Bravo. Have the freaking have fan accounts, people be the ones who are asking asking the questions. Oh, I hope they do that, but I'm I'm guessing they won't. So I, I'll still watch a Zoom reunion. I think it'll be interesting to watch what these women do when they don't have to make eye contact with one another. I think they're well, just well when you see all their another. faces at the same time, you're gonna get all the facial reactions. Oh, that's true. It's also gonna be odd because I think there's gonna be a lot of people talking over one another. Yeah, that too. Uh, as we've all been experiencing in the Zoom world, much like uh, the Shaws, where everybody just yells at each other constantly. There are moments where I'm like, I can't understand who is talking right now because everybody is yelling at one another. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know either. Oh, man. But first we start out the episode. So Gigi, she just shared her miscarriage. I also thought it was very weird time to share it with is it sarah i think she pronounces it sarah yeah i've been sarah, best like, friends that, that they're not best friends is also clearly for production but that she's like hey adam is scary i mean very serious stuff don't get me wrong here but it's like you're just it just seemed like she sprung that on her um before she got her aura cleansed okay the aura cleansing i'm not against it i'm sure it's very therapeutic i mean there have been yoga classes where i just in Savasana, I'm laying there for 15 minutes and I feel like, I don't know. I just like open my eyes and I feel amazing. I felt like the weight was lifted off of me, but as this guy is cleaning their aura, he has the world's creepiest smile. I it was bothering <laughs> me. I had to look away. I'm like, this guy is giving me pedophile vibes. <laughs> it was really, really creepy. I would do that though. I'm open to that. I would totally try it. I'm, I'm open to it, but you better not so. be like, fucking grinning ear to ear when you're like oh i can feel some trauma i'm like why are you smiling at that then like thankfully they had their eyes closed so they couldn't make eye contact with him because i would have started laughing and ran away at the same time oh he was gross so it sounds like a lot of the friend a lot of the friend groups find out about Gigi's struggle and unfortunate miscarriage but mike's explanation of the reproduction of how he thinks ivf works was the funniest thing he didn't even understand how women get pregnant. I mean, I get it because I, I will say when I first got pregnant, 
some they're like, and then you, you know, someone's talking about my uterus expanding. I'm like, oh, does everything just expand? I'm like, well, the baby's in your uterus. I'm like, it is. So I mean, there are moments where I'm like, I didn't know. Oh, I definitely much. didn't know. I didn't. But, I mean, I definitely I mean, didn't know. I had a general idea of how IVF and some of these things worked, and I mean, Mike just had none. It was hilarious. I it, that was a very light moment that I thought was perfect as we went into a very heavy moment that got I felt like even heavier. And I I know you made a note about this. I just like Gigi sharing her story, but then saying she felt like this happened to bring everyone together and how she was trying to use it to like tell everyone to let go of their shit and to like try to get along because there are bigger things in life and life is so precious. And I don't know. I just, I commend her because that's, this is not a Gigi we're used to seeing. Like usually no, things are it's so Gigi's mature. Way. Yeah. I don't, it was I just, mean, Yeah. She reveals she had her fallopian tubes removed because basically the drugs that they were giving her to push down the push out the embryo. I'm, I'm probably not saying this scientifically correct, but to push out wasn't going out, so it was causing her a lot of pain. So she had to have her fallopian tubes removed, which she's still able to get pregnant. She just can't get pregnant naturally. She kept saying like how I feel like this is karma for what I've done for my body, which is so heartbreaking for anyone to say like. Ah, and it makes me say I like had all the tears and feeling for her. But for Gigi, while the friends are together, minus Mercedes to say like, hey, guys, life's too short. We need to cut this bullshit and like get along and being like the voice of reason is not like her. But I, I thought she was right. And Reza, I mean, I felt like Reza eventually kind of got there, but I felt like still he's making it so much about him. I felt like everything he was saying to all them and apologizing for putting them in a bad place and for getting mad at them and for saying, he even said, like, I said the most awful thing ever and I was in a bad place. And these are all things he should be saying to Mercedes. I felt like if he could have just manned up and said that to her, they would be in a completely different place right now. But from what we've seen and what we're hearing from Mercedes and even from Reza, they're they're not okay right now. And I don't think he's ever really apologized. I don't know either. And honestly, too, and not to put this on Tommy because he was standing up for his wife and did go crazy. But I also feel like had Tommy not vandalized Reza's house, I also think there would have been an opportunity for them to reconnect sooner. I th- I mean, that I, I think that Reza is blowing that up because he's like, he is a criminally violent man. Like, okay, he threw a few... Like planted, like not even planted pots. They were pots of like plants, and he threw those around. I mean, he didn't cause that much damage. Let's not make it sound like he showed up to your house with a weapon of force and anything like that. But I mean, he could be facing a felony charge, which is kind of crazy. I didn't realize it was four hundred dollars. I think I've done worse vandalizing peeping somebody than four hundred dollars. <laughs> I didn't know that either, and I wonder if it varies by state. I would assume that it does, but I I didn't sure, know that either. Know. I thought that was interesting, but I can't imagine that's four hundred dollars worth of plants. I don't know. I mean, no. I think he's going to drop the charges too. He will. I I think that's going to be part of it. They're going to like not really reconcile, but have some sort of text conversation, and he drops it. Uh, but I it sounds like all he can do is drop the uh, re- re- restraining order. But right now, only a judge can help with the other piece of it. Although I'm sure if Reza made a statement, the judge would favorably look um, on Tommy. But who knows? I mean, this will be interesting and to see what happens. Clearly, we know from what Mercedes has said that they, at BravoCon, they acted like they were friends and they were not and that they had some weird encounter, which I They were such good actors because I totally bought into everything. We were (laughs) That they were like legit friends. Yeah, like they're good. Reza said they're fine. We're so happy. Well, did we know? Just a shitstorm brewing. Yeah. Uh, God, I mean, thinking about last week, it was a rough week. We we're all in quarantine and Bravo just shines this light on Thursday and gives us Real Housewives of New York as we, or as we affectionately call it, Roni. And I mean, these women have not changed. They're the exact same. I love Sonia even more if possible. And I'm a fan of Leah. I like this new girl a lot. I mean, when Leah said my pussy's on hold too, I immediately <laughs> knew that I was going to like her as a woman who has friends who can be a little bit on the vulgar side and openly talk about their vaginas all the time. I'm like, oh, she's comfortable. I like her. But 
ah, we needed the Roni ladies, the New York ladies back. It was a welcome distraction. I think everyone who's a Bravo fan rejoiced at this reunion coming back. I thought it was really fun. And I will say, I did not miss Bethany. I didn't either. And I think it was played up so much in the beginning. They were all like, whoa, she left. I'll never see her again. I'm like, you can still have a friendship with someone just because they're not on a TV show with you. But I know know they were playing it up. But I will say I almost liked it better without Bethany. And I love Bethany. I thought I was going to miss her so much. But I think I just I think it's better without her. I think the women are starting to get along, but there's still a little underlying drama. I think it's just gonna be a really good season. What were some of your favorite key moments from the premiere? Uh, I love Sonia hugging Luann and then eating the bite of the pretzel and saying <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. That, I thought that was so funny. After Luann like was finished with her probation, officially free, she's eating her bagel or whatever it was in the park. And I thought that was so funny. I also, I mean, clearly I loved the still to come this season and that preview. It was unbelievable. But I also just love Ramona can cry better than anyone. Like I need to make a Ramona crying montage because she just, I don't know, the way she cries, it's just, it's her whole body. She goes all in. And then she's like, I want a man to hold me, to love me. I mean, it was like, give this woman an Oscar already. I mean, that was, she could act. That was It was hilarious. It was so funny because her face was just recently Botoxed or she just had filler. So it was like extra tight. She's a little veiny. She's like stretching her face a little bit. <laughs> like it was the funniest thing. Like if I and her friends just sat there like straight face. Like I think if you did that, <laughs> I think I would either like try not to laugh or be like, uh, are you I mean, okay? I would hope you'd like stop me and be like, you are in a very crowded bar, Abby. Like let's 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 go to the bathroom yeah let's save this for the uber ride home but it it was so funny that the only person that came over to comfort her was her friend's ex-husband but that guy he was full of one-liners i feel like he is like a old like rat pack style or, or wait what was it yeah it was the rat pack like style guy who was just like his sense of humor and the way he dressed and the way he has multiple wives. I just, I mean, obviously he's not like the epitome of what I want my husband to be like by any means, but God, I feel like he needs to be on the show more. He is so entertaining. It was so freaking funny. I mean, there, I just, uh, you know, I didn't realize how much I missed the ladies, but as we were learning a little bit more about Leah, I think she's going to be, I think she fits right in with the women. She has her own quirks. She is the mom. Who's like the best friend with the daughter. I don't foresee that being my style, <laughs> being open and sharing all that stuff, but she's that kind of mom. But the one tidbit that she shared that I found most fascinating and also like, what are you thinking that she hadn't, didn't drink for nine years and then has yeah. decided to like started within six months before they were filming. I know. And she was saying how like she wasn't going to drink the night of Dorinda's party because she had just gone out recently and it, it ended badly and she was a mess and, I'm a little nervous about this. I feel like her and Luann are either going to get along or they're going to be constantly fighting and horrible for one another because Luann can very much be a sloppy drunk. That might be a trigger for Leah or vice versa. Well, even with Dorinda. <laughs> they're Dorinda yeah. there too. Jeez. Oh, Dorinda. Yeah. But this group could drink. I mean, they all like to get drunk. They're very open about there are nights where their plan is just to get drunk. So... It will be fun to watch it. Um, but yeah, I'm a little worried about Leah and the drinking piece of it. But I, I think, I hope she knows what she's doing and doesn't go down a slippery slope because I feel there is a part of me that looks back at some of Luann's behavior when she fell in the bushes, as iconic and hilarious as it is. Those were the beginnings of a sign of an alcoholic. And obviously, Luann's drinking again. I don't, it just, I feel almost like guilty watching it. And, enjoying it it's like weird yeah yeah I really hope we don't get that with Leah because I many times with Luann feel uncomfortable about re-watching old seasons and enjoying her sloppy drunkness well it's like watching someone have a downfall it's like I mean the equivalent to me is like when Lindsay Lohan spiraled you remember like the Paris Hilton Lindsay Lohan days and yes how many times she got arrested and when Britney was spiraling like it's it's weird having enjoyment out of someone's life like spiraling out of control or even like watching i go back i don't know if anybody else watched this but like anna nicole her 
E! show where she is basically, you can't even make out the word she's saying. She's like laying in bed and like eating Cheetos and she's just like a mess. And I kept watching the show. I was much younger, so I didn't understand the weight of everything. But it, they're just, I think there's a fine line of reality TV between entertaining and destroying someone's life. And so yeah. I just, I hope we don't get that with Leah because I still feel very conflicted with Lillian and I can't handle any more guilt. I'm Catholic. So no, we can't we can handle any more guilt, but I think Leah's going to have a strong season. I mean, from all of our Bravo friends, like everyone immediately liked her. So I think she's off to a really great start. I feel also for a newbie, she had a lot of screen time. Which I don't feel like is always the case. I feel like they're usually setting her up. There's usually an introduction to friends, but she had so much screen time. So I think that goes to show of how strong of a season she's going to have and how she can walk. I wouldn't say she's going to fill Bethany's shoes, but she could definitely help us forget <laughs> Bethany for a and little bit. I think bit. she's going to have her own role separate from Bethany. And I think this show is going to take a turn in a different direction. But I think... It's still going to be as strong as ever. It is one of everyone's favorite franchises. I mean, Thursday night, we were getting so many DMs from people talking about how much they loved the premiere, how they're so happy at Roni's back, how they really like Leah, how they've missed Ramona and Sonia and Dorinda. I mean, even Tinsley, people are like, oh, I don't even mind Tinsley so far. So I think it's, I think everyone missed it probably because some of the other seasons have just been very below par. And I think New York is definitely going to deliver. I will say the Tinsley and Dorinda feud to me seems dumb. And I think Dorinda was mean. And I think Dorinda is going to be the villain this season. I think she wants to be too, though. I think she's already kind of positioning herself that way. I think she wants to be the new Bethany. But Bethany didn't come from a place of anger. I think Bethany came from a place of wanting to help people and thinking that by being honest, that was the way she was helping them. Bethany came from a place of yes, Abby. A place of yes. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that reminder. <laughs> Do you think Hannah has a place of yes for Luke in her heart? I knew they were going to get back together. I mean, Hannah, I mean, as much as I would I applauded her the previous episode for like saying, no, I'm not going to like let you date me and date someone else. But also I'm like, look, at, looking at Luke, I think I would just give in and be okay with him. <laughs> like, okay He's with so it. Hot. She's young. I'm like, oh my God, let him just be a fun summer fling the flirtatious like the the flirtiness of him like I miss flirting with someone like that I say Hannah just get it enjoy it make out with him do more than make out with him it's just yeah just get it I, and I think she revealed so she's been she's one of the Bravo loves who's been going live a lot and I think I saw this somewhere again I'm just catching bits and pieces of information so if I'm not wrong please don't come at me but I believe she accidentally revealed that they are still dating ooh when she revealed that I don't know on one of the lives because these people are going live so much it's hard to keep up but they're not all saving them so but thank god I mean are we really can go back and watch 20 <laughs> no. lives no but I, I I mean I hope I'm right but I think they're still dating even though they're not quarantined together he's in Minnesota right now I think they're still dating well, she's with her family, but maybe they're having some phone sex. Who knows? <laughs> Look at us living through these people we don't know. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Kyle, my Kyle, my husband Kyle wants to have a frat party like Kyle Cook. So I think we're going to try to make it happen next year when I'm not pregnant and can drink again and the world's a better and the world will be in a better place. He's recruited my youngest son to his flip cup team. So that, <laughs> I love Andrew. Now, the, my youngest kid picked up a Bud Light that was full, was unopened and pretend like he was drinking it. So of course I took a picture and posted it. And Vanessa's husband quickly asked if um, Huey could be on his team. And absolutely. I can't wait for this frat party. I'm already like planning out different things that I'm going to help you with decoration. It's taking me back to Kyle's 30th party, which was a shit show. So I kind of feel like it's going to be like that. That was one of my favorite 30th birthdays. And for anyone who isn't 30 yet, it's just like the whole year. Everyone has a party, I feel like, for the most part. And some of them get kind of annoying because it's just people that uh, are just going to like go to a bar and that's it. And they want you to make a big deal about it and dress up. And it's like, oh my God, I'm going to like not that exciting of a bar. Other people like do like the low key hangout. Some people do the big party, but Kyle's was one of my favorites. And partly because we were in our favorite place in the world, Columbia, Missouri, and we were playing drinking games all day in our best friend's backyard. 
Yeah, it was it was a it was a time. It was a good time. Last thing about Summer House, I did feel bad for Jules. Did you see that Kyle Cook though did apologize? I don't know if yes. I truly believe it, but he said that and I think he has a good point and I kind of agree with him on some of it. I think he and Carl were overly mean and didn't have to be so aggressive with the way they were telling her that basically they want both her and Jordan out, but they didn't get to see all of it. And all they were hearing is what Jordan was saying and what the other girls were saying. And Jules really never said, you have to pick Jordan or me. I think she was just annoyed that Jordan kept coming back to the house because he really didn't have a room there. And I've heard the girls since then, again, because everyone's going fucking live, that they all felt really bad and that the editing made it seem like they never talked to her, but they did. But regardless, I felt bad for her because I it sucks to feel like left out and you're trying to be included. And then Carl was unnecessarily mean to her and his eyeliner. And granted, he was probably shit based, but it, I did feel bad for her. And the Southern Charm Boy showed up. Uh, also, oh, yeah, was I like- forgot about that. <laughs> He was like fake pretending like he wanted Hannah. That was the most scripted staged interaction ever. But I, d- I mean, of course I love seeing Craig. We need more Craig. Craig going live without Austin is some of my favorite things. Like when he's cooking dinner, I love it. He needs to go live less so. But yes, he's entertaining on his own. He doesn't know what to say. I feel like it's kind of awkward watching. If he went live without Austin, he wouldn't be as annoying. Like I think Austin makes him annoying. Uh, I also, I have blinders when it comes to Craig. So if anybody tries to argue that they think Craig should go live less, I'm going to disagree because I want to see Craig every day. But what did you think about uh, Vanderpump? So Vanderpump, I thought was a better episode. I think my main takeaway, I feel like I'm in school all of a sudden, or work. (laughs) I guess I've been at work. My main takeaway. So my main thing that I I enjoyed and thoroughly enjoyed in this meeting was Raquel standing up to Lala. You guys have already seen this. I just really, I thought that was good for her. And I I thought Lala came out of her unnecessarily, was super aggressive for no reason. And just seeing how supportive Raquel has been of James and willing to bat for him, I think just speaks a lot of her character and of how committed she is to their relationship. I mean, Raquel won a verbal argument with Lala. How many people can say that? Lala is intimidating. Lala doesn't back down. And Raquel just kept going toe to toe. And at the end, Lala wasn't even making sense. And the other people there that were being interviewed, like Stasi and Ariana, were all like, I don't really understand why what Lala's saying. I'm her friend, so I'm not going to make this worse and talk about it, if, you know, as it was happening. But I think a lot of people were on Raquel's side, which is shocking because last season, nobody even liked Raquel. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, I didn't even understand what point Lala was trying to make. I mean, she was trying to defend Logan. It just seemed really, it just seemed really mean spirited. And she had Logan in her ear and she's clear, she's backpedaling from it now because she's since then I'm posted on Instagram, like, you know, Sorry to Raquel and she loves her and all this stuff. And it to me, I'm like, okay, that could be true and whatnot. It makes me wonder what else comes out for her to fully come full circle. Logan kind of looks like a dick because I don't we haven't really seen it's hard right now because in social media, all of them are just with their significant other. So I don't really see them with Logan. I don't see Lala with Logan right now. So I don't know, but it makes me wonder if something happened with Lala and Logan's friendship. Yeah, that too. It just seemed thirsty and also I'm like why do you care like look why do you care that it just it was dumb and considering that James and Lala have rekindled too and she's it seems like from what we've been told and have heard he's been serious with his sobriety so I wonder if that eventually it's his action spoke louder than any of the words that Logan shared I think so too I I I think maybe Lala doesn't really know everything that they've gone through. She thinks she does. Now, I don't know if she really understood how she came across when she had the first conversation with Raquel, because it did look like she was very much accusing James of drinking, not checking in on him and being concerned. So there's that. But my biggest takeaway was, have we been fooled all along and thinking that Schwartz is like this poor abused husband when maybe he's a piece of shit and Katie just puts up with them And every now and then loses her shit on him. And we only see that side of it. But we don't know all the things he's done to poke the bear to lead up to it. Because he was a complete ass. And every, like, I mean, Bo, all of them were telling him, 
you're being a jerk. You need to stop. And to be honest, I thought she was being a little dramatic. So what sparked it all was Randall decided to help Jax for his birthday and get payback on Sandoval and Schwartz and Max, who teepeed Jax on his birthday as a joke. And Randall had Sandoval arrested for vandalism and made it seem like Jax kind of made him like press charges. And it was all one big joke. Sandoval was fine with it. Schwartz thought it was so funny. And Katie and Ariana, like Katie said she didn't think it was funny that everything that with the environment with cops right now, anytime you see a friend in handcuffs, it's concerning. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know how it's going to spiral. I understand. I mean, maybe because living in St. Louis, I mean, I think we were the center of a lot of controversy with cops and people being arrested. And I don't want to really go down that hole because it's just, it's, I think it's just horrible all around, but I get why for her, she didn't think it was a funny joke. And even Ariana was saying not everybody is in the same mental head headspace as all of us, like everyone there. And I think for Ariana, she was kind of triggered seeing her boyfriend arrested too. Yeah. It got, it got a little heavy, but I agree with what you're saying. I wasn't necessarily expecting that, but Schwartz's reaction to that was, it's one thing to be like, okay, you like let Katie feel her feelings and let her have her moment. And go back to whatever, but to make her to kind of minimize anything that she was saying and how cruel he immediately turned. Like, it wasn't like, yeah, okay, Katie, like, like lighten up. Like it was like, like, he was very, very cruel. Instead of being like, Oh, you're being dramatic. I don't even want to talk to you right now. Like it was a joke. Chill out. It was basically like, I mean, what did he say? Like, this is why I don't, I, I don't I have sex with you. It's with you. And this is why like, I, I don't, I mean, he just was so, awful was like then said something like let's leave and she's like I'm not going home with you and in the next previous for the next episode he still thinks he was like not in the wrong necessarily which is so weird and as someone like Schwartz has well I won't say he has my heart right now but I'm like pre this fight Schwartz number one fan love him my favorite guy my favorite Bravo man he's like to me in my eyes, he's hasn't really done any wrong, but this was bad. And I think he's since then, again, I'm saying all these things that I don't remember where I've seen them on the interwebs, but he has since like tried to do like a public apology and whatnot. And I mean, they're still together. So I don't know, but it just is really, really shitty. And it would be really hard. I think especially having that moment recorded and who I don't know what life on having your life be filmed for several years would be like, but it'd be really, really hard for me to bounce back. From that, even in my own yeah. everyday life. And like, it's, if Kyle spoke to me like that, I don't think I would talk to him for. It'd be a while. And then to have to see it, like, it'd be one of those things, like you finally get over it and then it airs and it's going to bring back all those old feelings again and you're going to get pissed off. But I just, I was really shocked. Like that's, I'm like, this is not the Schwartzy that we know and love. But uh, I will say I've always been a Bo fan, even though we had a weird encounter of Robocon. <laughs> I... I really love Bo. I think he's great for Stassi. I think he's a great guy. And I like that he, even in the interviews, it immediately was saying, like, I, he, Schwartz is my friend, but I cannot support him treating her like that. And Sandoval also was very quick to say, like, don't say that to her. That's so disrespectful. So I applaud all these guys for putting Schwartz in this place. Oh, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Well, that wraps up a very long episode. If you've made it this far, thank you. We just had a lot of random things we wanted to get off our chest. Hopefully you enjoyed it because uh, I think all of us are just our heads all over. We're thinking a million things at once. And I hope this was a good uh, distraction from quarantine. But this brings us to our favorite part of the show, which is our shout out. And we want to give our shout out this week to the amazing women of Atlanta for sharing their stories, whether it be about infertility struggles mother, you know, motherhood struggles. Candy talked a lot about mom guilt. I just, I appreciate all these women just so openly sharing their lives with us. It's not an easy thing to do. And, you know, as we said, it it helps so many others out there. And I think in a moment too, where we're stuck home with our kids and you're feeling some guilt, especially, um, Abby and I has been working moms of trying to balance working and being a mom and all these things. I think these things also ex- like resonate with us a little bit extra right now. It's kind of speaking to our rea- our current reality. So I applaud them. And I also want to give a side shout-, shout out or a full shout out to Barb from New York. We recently did a, um, w- did a podcast or a Zoom call with It's Bravo 
bitch along with Anthony Lario mixing with Monty and Barb was also on the show um, talking about what she's up to during coronavirus and as a cause that we're supporting our friend Bronwyn with wives helping wives, which is all about supporting and helping um, allowing resources for those who may be struggling and being directly impacted by Corona. But anyhow, I asked Barb if I can have a copy of her book, not thinking she would say yes, and she did. And I received it in the mail today. So I think it speaks volume to her character. She's lovely. She's super sweet. And I it made me smile. So I'm going to be reading Heels of Steel. I'm butchering the name already. But I'm yeah, going to be reading it. it. So yeah. I will share, I'll share it with you guys. But thank you so much, Barb. Well, and thank you all so much for listening. Uh, this was a very much a therapeutic session for us this week. We'll try <laughs> to keep it a little bit closer to the 30-minute mark next week, but no promises. Uh, if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to us. Leave us a five-star review. We will give you a shout-out on our stories. We appreciate it so much. And if you're not following us on Instagram, please do at Real Moms of Bravo. That's where you're going to find all the day-to-day Bravo information and Lately, we've been sharing very random things, such as uh, I tried whipped coffee, and that got a, a very uh, strong response. A lot of people wanted to know more about how to make it. We're all just sharing quarantine tips uh, for survival on there, so be sure to follow our Instagram. And with that, we will catch you next week. You will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day... Eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're Body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At Body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a Pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are Body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com.